You are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show may not be those of the people expressing them. We just say shit. They are also not those of Radio Free Brooklyn. If you'd like to call in, the phone number here is 718-928-9732. I'm sorry. Hello? Hello. Hey. Hi, how are you? Good. Did you say this is Jeff? Yes, it is. Okay, good. (laughs) So you're in the car? Uh, I am not. I got out of the car. I tried to um, cancel the the ride, and then I can't figure out how to do it. So hopefully, uh, yeah. Hi. Hi, so now are you not coming at all? I mean, I guess so. I guess at this point I can just walk, um, but it may be a while. I am far away. I'm Sorry confused. What happened to the car? You were in a car but got out. Why? I got out because I just realized that there was no reason coming that far in a car and paying that much money for uh, that much of a distance. That was going to get me that late. And if I, couldn't, if I had to call in anyway. And uh, so I don't know. I'm bad at making decisions. Wow. I, I relate to that. Hold on one second. 
Uh, this is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. If you want to be listening to what my caller is saying on the other side, uh, please listen at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. There are apps you can download, and you can listen to the Radio Free Brooklyn uh, app on Android or iPhone. But uh, there's no way for me to make it so that you can hear him. Actually, there might be, but I haven't set it up. But I will in the future because I just realized what I'm doing. I'm doing you guys a disservice. We are live streaming on CamFrog. My friend Michael here is asking, how can I hear uh, him? Because you can't hear him. And there's no way for my mic to be on and you to hear him. But I will in the future remedy the situation. But for now, you can check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Anyway, so you're walking here from where? How far? I mean, I'm pretty far right now. I'm kind of near the Barclays Center. I didn't get very far. Um, yeah, it's been kind of a clusterfuck. So wait, were you in the car and then you like had a panic attack and got out? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a full-on panic attack, but I did realize, like, oh, I, this is just like a whole bunch of bad decisions being made in a short span of time, and uh, and a lot of sort of temporal and geographic together to make people like a real fucking asshole. So I just, uh, yeah, got out of the car. I jumped out while it was moving at about 60 miles an hour, and I cut the gold, and, and then I called in here in my... That's funny. Um, wow. So, yeah. that's so strange. And your plan is to walk? That's like an hour walk. I think you're just going to be on the phone the whole time. Are you taking any public transportation? Uh, I mean, I mean, I could. I don't know. I was going to take a train, and I waited a while for that, um, and realized that they're not running very well, and also I would have to go all the way to the west side of Manhattan and to uh, in the to get over there. It's kind of weird, so I figured, okay, a car, a car will get me there much sooner. I'll only be 20 minutes late. Um, but then that just, I don't know, that didn't seem to be working all that well. So. Well, I, I yep. don't know what to make of this. That is insane. I would have just stayed in the car. I don't even understand why you would get out at the Barclay Center to walk to Bushwick. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It was dumb. Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, how have you been? Uh, let, let's give everybody uh, some context good. as to how we know each other. Because you you are on air. Um, okay. Hi. Hi. Let's see. Maybe there's a way. For me to, like, make it so you guys can hear. Are you listening at home, Michael? Is that how you can hear it? I'm, I'm talking to the people of Camfrog while also talking. So I'm going to put some uh, headphones near you guys and hope for the best. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, there. Okay, good. So you're listening on your Android. So, yeah, we actually did a Tinder show years ago. That is how we met. Yeah. And, uh... uh that was... Go, ahead. go on, no, go on. No, I was just, uh, yeah, I will always remember that date because it was uh, January 10th 2016. It was the night that David Bowie died. Yeah, our date killed David Bowie. I mean, yes. I have not dated since. <laughs> Is that actually for, true? For, yeah, yes, for fear of playing another uh, legendary musician. I, uh, it kind of traumatized me, so I have been uh, voluntarily celibate. No, that's not true. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's funny because I actually have not dated, so I'm like, oh, that's so weird. What if, what if that date did cause a rift? 
Yeah, in the space-time continuum? Yeah. Uh, maybe. It could have. Killing uh, David Bowie and making a new club, the 69 Club. Uh, yeah, I mean, that club already exists, but it's very different from... Yeah, now it's a death club. It used to be a sex club. Right, it used to be all about, yeah, that. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we did that. That was an interesting evening. Oh yeah? You want to go into what was interesting about that evening? So, uh, we, uh, we did the show. It was fun. Then we went to a bar afterwards with some other people who I assumed you were very close with all of them. I that everyone there was, was a good friend, a nice trusted confidant. Uh, and uh, someone, someone uh, suggested that we go back to his apartment um, and take drugs, <laughs> um, specifically Molly, which I have not done. Uh, and at the time, this was, so this was three years ago, I was living in uh, Fairfield County, Connecticut, where I was born and raised, terrible place, kind of a microcosm of everything that's just sad and unappealing about uh, the United States of America, all rolled into one shitstorm. Um, so I was living uh, relatively far away, and we, uh, this guy said, um, let's, let's go do drugs in my place. And so I thought, I want to be cool, right? I don't want to seem like a dork. I don't want to seem like a, like a killjoy. So uh, you, you turned to me and said, how about it? You want to do drugs? And I said, sure. Uh, so uh, we, we went all the way uptown to 783rd Street. Um, where this guy then proceeded to, um, again, your, your trusted friend who you've known for years proceeded to go to a uh, street corner and, uh, purchase some illegal drugs, um, while we stood around awkwardly in the cold. And, uh, at this point it was like midnight. So we got back to his apartment and we, uh, we settled in and, uh, he said, okay, let's, let's, let's do these drugs. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'll, 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 just, I'll do them, hang out for like maybe a half an hour, and then I should probably head back home. You know, it's getting pretty late. First train out of Grand Central is going to be leaving soon. So I'll just, I'll just do Molly for like 20 minutes, and then, you know, leave. Um, <laughs> I'll just do yeah, Molly for 20 minutes. Go on. I'm yeah, sorry, I, I figured that was a good plan, right? Uh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was polite. I wasn't going to be rude, right? I didn't want to be an inconsiderate guest. Um, and, uh, so, uh, that, that didn't work out because, you know, you, you apparently can do Molly for 20 minutes. You do Molly for 20 hours. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what so we I, I, I made an executive decision, much like I did when I was in the car earlier. Right. And I said, whoa, okay, I guess I got to just get the fuck out of here now and cut my losses. Do you so pull I, out I a lot? Out there. Do I pull out a lot? Yes. It's, it's an effective method if you use it uh, correctly. Yeah. The pull um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I got out of there, and, um, you know, you seemed slightly disappointed. And then it was only the next day that I found out you had just met that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was just some weirdo. Um, uh, you know, and I apologize to him if you have since become best friends with him. I, I, I don't mean to disparage him. We're married. Uh well, uh, well, Mazel Tov. I, you know, I did not mean to disparage your husband. He's, he seemed like a nice fellow. 
Yeah, we we took a comedy class together. That's how we knew each other. And I was like, oh, come to my show. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Let's do drugs. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he suggested drugs. And then I was like, oh... I don't really want to do drugs, but I don't want him to think I'm not cool. So then I look at you and I'm like, hey, do you want to do drugs? And you're like, yeah, sure. Let's do the drugs. I do drugs. Let's do them. Yeah. And then I'm I was a like, cool guy. I'm a happening fella. I do drugs. Yeah. So at this point, it's a game of chicken. I'm like, well, I got to do the drugs. He's going to do the drugs. So I guess we're going to do the drugs. Let's do the drugs. And um, yeah. And then I, like, agree to do the drugs. And then you pull out of doing the drugs. And now I've agreed to do the drugs. And I know this guy, so I got to be cool. So I wound up doing the drugs and killing David Bowie. That's it. We did. That was uh, that moment. That pull out was what caused David Bowie to um, shuffle off this moral coil. Yeah. And go back to uh, where he came from. Um, Feel bad about that. And I can't remember, but I feel like some residual effects. Um, we also killed Prince. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But don't uh, know you know, on the on the bright side, so I have not seen you since then. But on, on the bright on the side, bright I haven't side, seen you. you <laughs> Go yeah, on. no, no. On the bright side, you uh, became best friends with my mother on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was good. Yeah. How how is my best friend? Uh, your best friend, my mother, uh, she's doing well. She's, uh, still spending a lot of time on Facebook, uh, posting stuff about the Beatles on Facebook and, uh, just altogether living a very rewarding life. Now, wait, is she actually a friend on my Facebook? Like, do we chat a lot or do we only chat on your page? Um, well, you tell me, I think you guys friended each other. And then I just remember lots of back and forth about like. Uh, you know, because your both name's Catherine, which I think is what you bonded over oh, nice. uh, initially. And also the fact that you both know me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't remember the specifics. I just remember my mother, like, kind of holding out hope, I think, that uh, you and I were going to get married imminently and have a bunch of grandchildren for her. <laughs> uh, which, hey, jury's still out. So. Yeah, I mean, it could have happened if you were here, but you're not even here. Yeah. How is the magic supposed to happen if you're not even in the room? It's a great question. Um, I mean, this, this ugh, yeah. How, how are we supposed to give my mother grandchildren if I'm pulling out? Yeah, like you're just Captain Pullout. Do you know the amount of work that would go into making a child, given your proclivity for pulling out? It would be tough. You'd really be ice skating uphill, considering how often I pull out and, and the degree to which I do so. so. <laughs> And the degree. Now I'm picturing like a yeah. matrix thing. Like you kind of arch and it goes like 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 a matrix. I don't know how to explain it better than that. I like know what I'm picturing. Time. Yeah, that's that's the only way that I that I pull out. Go big or go home, is what I always say. Yeah, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, not true. I've never said that in my life. It's actually the exact opposite. No, that's not true. You, you said that the night we met and then you went home. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I I said I'm going to either go big or I'm going to go home. And then when faced with the opportunity to, in fact, go very big, I uh, I went home. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, our date. Like there was a moment uh, at the top of the date that, to this day, as a performer, I'm mad at myself about. Really? 
Yeah, like you did this thing where you were like, oh, Samantha or whatever. Like you gave me a fake name. Oh, I was like doing a bit because I just was like, yeah, it's improv comedy. I'll do a bit. And you immediately were like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah. But I asked you later, I'm like, would you have done that if it was a date and no one was watching? And you said yes. And then I felt bad about it. Oh, yeah, I probably would have. I like bits regardless of the context. That's the kind of weirdo I am. That's okay, though. Yeah, no, and and then I felt bad because I'm like, no, he probably would have done that in real life. We probably would have had a whole bit, but I missed that moment of us just being like honest and real because like yeah. in, in an effort to be honest and real on a stage in front of people having like this vulnerable moment of a date, I was fake. And that is like something where I'm like, oh, it's so hard to truly be honest and real. Well, are we ever truly honest and real? I mean, I was being fake as well. It was a bit, and it's, and again, it's one I would do regardless of context. But it's still, it's still, it's still sort of a a, a wall that I'm putting up around myself uh, because being emotionally vulnerable is tough, right? It's it's sort of my um my my shields to to sort of enter into a conversation is to use humor. So that's we're all phony. No, we are. It was just a different way that we were phony. And I was being phony in a different way than you were being phony in an honest way. Whereas I was being phony in a dishonest way in an effort to be more honest. But I didn't know it at the time. Right, right. It was like you were phony baloney, but I was like phony. uh, Pepperoni. Yeah, listeners at home keeping uh, track of all this. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, my friend on Camfrog, Michael, just said, so we are all phonying each other. And yeah. I like that. Yeah, we pretty much are. I mean, I'm not the same person I am when somebody is in my apartment versus somebody is not in my apartment. I'm not the same person I am when I'm live streaming on Camfrog versus when I'm not live streaming on Camfrog. I don't poop on Camfrog. Like that is something right. that I don't do in front of people. Yeah, Although, I mean, ideally. I mean, no. I have. Have you? Uh, pooped in front of a person? I mean, not since I was a small child, I think. So you've never been in love, is what I'm hearing. Uh, I mean, is that, is, that the, is that the real marker of love, is whether or not you have uh, defecated in full view of the other person? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a marker of love, or like farting in front of people, right? Yeah, oh, I've farted. I've done that, but I haven't full on just like dropped the deuce. That that one is yeah. That's the final frontier for me. Yeah. Well, that's when you know you're going to give your mom grandchildren when right. you're pooping in front of someone. Finally. All right. I have that to look forward to. Then maybe it's okay. the circle of life. Poop is the circle of life because then you'll be changing diapers and there's more poop. Right. It's practice. It's like practice for when you have the baby. You know, it's like, hey, if you're grossed out by this, you know, you're fucked if you think that you're going to be able to take care of a baby. Yeah. You're grossed out by that. So you might as well start now. Because this poop is what that baby's poop is going to half smell like. Right. It's probably going to be worse. Yeah. Because so, it's fucking yeah. baby poop. Yeah. It's just practice. I always, I always, uh, there's always this moment when a, after a couple, like friends of mine have moved in together and then they get a dog or like a cat. And then I go, oh, ooh. This, this is practice. This is the dry run for the baby. If they can take care of this thing and not bite each other's heads off, they're getting married and popping out some rugrats. And the, I'm always proven right. 
proven right? Yeah, dogs are practice for babies. Yeah, That's just how it works. I don't know if they ever consciously like say that when when they have the conversation about like should we get a dog. I don't think that they say this is a dry run for babies. If you fuck this up, you know, we're not having babies. But I feel like that's just sort of the, the unspoken agreement. I don't think anybody has to say, like, if you fuck this up, babies. Like, everybody knows that once you get an animal, you're basically saying, can we have kids? Yeah. Um, that's you know. why I don't have an animal. That's why I'm a single mom. <laughs> I have two animals. <laughs> I mean, hey, single moms, they're, they're great. That's another thing you and my mother have in common. What? They were both single moms? Yeah. Damn. How long is she, like, do you want to get into that? How that happened for her? Do I? I don't know. How it happened for her? I mean, um, I don't, I, I can. very, very much. No, I can, I will gladly, because she has no qualms about explaining this. So, uh, she was with my father for like 10 years. Uh, probably about nine years too long. Um, but uh, the way she tells the story, and she tells me this every Halloween. Uh, what? Halloween, what? Ho- so Halloween, Halloween is the uh, anniversary of when I was conceived. Okay. So wow. um, th- she, she's wow. told me the entire story in detail. She um, was going to work, uh, and there was a, some kind of costume party thing. And so she had a, a blue wig on, and she was getting ready to go to work. And uh, my father, uh, in his infinite wisdom, said, hey, hey, how about a quickie before you go to work? And she said, uh, no, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I just I want to go to work. Leave me alone. And he said, come on. Let's do it. Um, and she said, all right, fine. Um, and I guess in, in her haste, uh, she... Did not, I, I suppose, use her diaphragm correctly. She was using a diaphragm as her contraceptive method, and uh, it, it failed because uh, I happened. So here I am. Why? Because, uh, because of a quickie and a faulty diaphragm. Wow. Like, a she wasn't even into it. Like, a quickie your mom wasn't even in the mood for. Not, a, not into it at all, but I guess the blue wig did it for with my a dad. Slutty so like, blue wig. Gotta, gotta get in there. And for for a quickie, and then uh, lo and behold, uh, I bet you regret. I bet you regretted that after I came around. So. Your dad? Yeah. Well, what happened? Like, you know, was he a dick to you? Yeah. Well, he, no, he was just like, "Ooh, babies." I don't think so. Bye. But he so, was married really to had a relationship with him. No, 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 no. Definitely not. They uh, they flirted with the idea of it as soon as she got pregnant. It was like, well. You're knocked up. I guess we have to finally get married now. Um, and but they didn't go through with it. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's probably why I'm uh, so emotionally guarded when it comes to dating and bad at making decisions and uh, <laughs> just racked with anxiety and self-loathing constantly. <laughs> I mean, if you want to blame it on that, yeah. I mean, it's definitely on the list of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. It's one of the many reasons a lot going on yeah um yeah wow um so do you is your dad still around he is currently deceased Um, Uh, and probably will be for the foreseeable future um yeah he's dead how old were you uh I was 
20, early to mid 20s. Um, and I kind of found out through the grapevine, like he didn't inform me. He didn't see fit to like reach out and say, Hey, by the way, do you want to salvage any kind of relationship with me? Uh, I'm dying of cancer. Oh, so that's maybe, different. Like, I thought you were yeah, mad yeah, he no, didn't no, tell no, you he was no, dead. No. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? No, 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 no. It's call. not like he, he was walking down the street and fell down an open manhole and then was like, you know, let me, let me just call my son real quick before. No, no, no. He knew he was on his way out. Um, and then I found out about it, like, right when it happened, just because, like, I like a coworker of his was friends with someone who knew uh, the husband of my mom's friend. And so I kind of heard about it through the grapevine and uh, was like, oh, I, if I want any kind of closure here, I should probably go to this guy's funeral. Uh, so I did. And it was kind of weird because he had uh, gotten uh, married to his high school sweetheart who was divorced and, like, loaded. So he was just like, cool, I'll just get myself a sugar mama. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they truly loved each other. I have no idea. But uh, he he became a stepfather to, like, grown kids. Um, and Was that so her he second had, marriage? It was her second marriage, yeah. So he had, like, I go to this funeral and, like, his wife, and uh, stepkids and step-grandkids and his uh, father, I guess my grandpa, who I never met, and, like, his brother and stuff, my uncle, uh, were all there, and they just give all these eulogies about, you know, what a wonderful family man he was and how giving he was and how he was just always there for his family. And and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, these people have no idea I exist. Like, they don't even know, and they don't know who I am. And I'm sitting here just trying to kind of not look like my father, which is hard because I do. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there wow. thinking, Ooh, I hope nobody recognizes me. Like, I came here for sort of personal, you know, closure, like as much as I can get, just kind of uh, go through the grieving process the way you're supposed to when someone dies. But uh, I, I didn't want to attract any attention because, like, what a fucked up thing that would have been. If, you know, I just, like, stood up and gone, he was, uh, he was not a wonderful family man when it came to his illegitimate son, me! Uh, it would have been fucking weird, and it would have ruined their day even more than it already was ruined. So, and there uh, was I don't n- think anyone... Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. There was no part of you that wanted to ruin their day? No! Why would I want to do that? That would be, like, a real dick move, you know? Because it's not like like they had anything to do with his decision to not be a part of his son's life 30 years ago. So, like, why would I... Yeah. What are you going to do? Did that My mother is a... My mother... uh, (laughs) There's an addendum to this. My mother is a very vindictive woman uh, (laughs) and decided to send a letter to his widow saying, uh, by the way, he has a son, and uh, (laughs) fuck you. No, so, uh, she she's not vindictive. She's right. <laughs> Your mom is right. I, I mean, is she like why? Why besmirch the man's character after he said like, what are you going to do about it? Like, it's a weird thing to. I don't know. Like, if someone, if I, if I was, you know, married to someone and had, from all accounts, a healthy, nice relationship with them, and then they died, I don't think I would want someone sending me a letter saying like, by the way, they were involved in a hit and run. 20 years ago and broke someone's leg. Yeah, but she didn't know that. It'd be like, all right, well, how does this help me? You know, well, how does this, like, information 
You're yeah. describing a hit and run, which is very different from. I just, yeah, I I don't know why I equated those two things. Like, I mean, maybe you're considering a quickie a hit and run, and I understand why you would consider it that. <laughs> it, is, it is a hit and run. Yeah, That's pretty literally what happened. Yeah, but I mean, there's also the years of a human being existing. You know. Yeah. That he just was absent. And then apparently he was like either faking it or not a piece of shit to these people. So. Uh, I mean, I suppose he wasn't, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, I wouldn't want to take away from what they gained from it. I guess that's fair. Well, that is crazy. Yeah, this is like free therapy. This is what? It's like free therapy. Oh, this show? Yeah, free public therapy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the pay is in the exposure. Right, yeah. That's that's how I get most of my pay. Yeah. (laughs) The therapy is what you're, the service you're paying for with your exposure to like letting everybody know your problems. It's like being on Dr. Oz. Yeah, exactly. Who is a wonderful doctor who does no wrong and you should always listen to him, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Uh, you're probably more of a qualified doctor than Dr. Oz, honestly. So, you know. Maybe. I did almost go for a PhD. So, there you have it. Yeah. Well, this, you then, I think your dad that settles that you are more qualified than Dr. Oz. Yeah. Any kind of advice. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, this is fun, delving into my uh, childhood dramas and such. <laughs> uh, what's, what's been up with you for the last three years? Oh, man, the last three years. Um, well, I, when I met you, I quit dating. And then I was like, oh, I should continue. I have that effect on people. What? No, no, I, I meant like... I on people. When I was doing the Tinder show, I did it because I wasn't dating. Right. Um, so, um, you know... Uh, that was a thing. And then I continued to try and not date. Uh, I failed a few times, fell into some relationships, but I haven't in a long time. So that area I think is dead. I think I was able to kill it successfully. And, uh, I now live, thank you. I was, I was living in Great Neck, but I'm now living in, uh, Brooklyn with my two animals that I love. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I live in Brooklyn now, too. Uh, I, right after we killed David Bowie uh, and almost did drugs together, uh, I entered a relationship for about a year and a half. Uh, that ended, um, and since then, uh, not a lot of luck there in that department, but I keep plugging away on occasion. Um, I So when we when we went on that date three years ago, I was finishing up a college degree that I got a very late start with. Um, Finishing that up, I have since finished it. I was hired um, as an assistant teacher at a middle school uh, where I've been for the last couple of years. I uh, I teach eighth grade history to uh, children, which is great. I love it. So uh, what made her better than me? What made her better than yeah, you? Yeah, wh- uh, why her and not me? She didn't force me, she didn't force me to do drugs. I, I also uh, didn't. <laughs> I didn't no, succeed. No, I don't know. Um, 
That's a great question. I mean, maybe we can maybe we can rectify that gigantic uh, three year mistake. Now. <laughs> Was it three years right. that you dated? Is that what you said? Uh, we we did for a year and a half. Oh, okay, um, but it's been three years. Three years of us, you know, not getting on that wagon. Right. Apparently, well, we should do right. I well, mean, apparently, if you got, got yeah, maybe. But like, if you got on the wagon, wouldn't you just jump off the wagon? Uh, I mean, I would, I would, I would pull myself off of the wagon. Uh, at the last moment, yeah, and just, um, yeah. Yeah. The more I get to know you, the more I'm actually shocked that you made it to our first date at all. Yeah, the fact that I managed to get from, from Stanford, Connecticut, all the way to uh, to Manhattan is uh, a triumph of the will. Yeah. That, that expression to use to describe that. But... <laughs> So it is now 5.30. This is the time. I mean, 3.30. Sorry. Uh, are you closer in any way or have you just given up, abandoned all hope and just found a oh, quiet I, I found I found a nice little spot that's uh, sort of protected from the wind uh, where I can uh, sit and chat without being surrounded by people wondering what the fuck I'm talking about. All right. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, how old are you? Did you ever talk on the phone with people like growing up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm 32. I think I'm 32. Yes, I'm, no. Yes, I'm 32. I'm old enough that I don't know how old I am. <laughs> like, when you're young, you remember, right? When you're a little kid, you're like, I'm this many. Yes, I'm this many. And a half. Um, and when you hit mile, yeah, and then, you know, you keep meticulous track of that stuff. And then when you hit miles, yes, I am 18. I'm an adult. I know this. Now, when you hit 20, 20, 21, I can drink. Yeah. Uh, 30 is a milestone, but then you just start going, I don't know, I'm, I'm some age. Uh, I'm 32. So yes, I, uh, have, uh, spoken on the phone. That was, that was sort of the main way of communicating across distances when I was young. I came of age in a time when I, I've had conversations about this with people and I think there's, there's one real big advantage to kind of being this age. Um, because in a lot of ways we're sort of like, inheriting a terrible economy and just, you know, a completely decimated environment and everything sucks. The political climate is awful and we have mountains of debt and not many job prospects and the economy has shifted to a gig economy, which is bullshit and all that stuff. And so uh, in a lot of ways it sucks, but there's one area in which I'm really happy that I grew up when I did, which is that I'm, I'm old enough to remember analog technology and I'm old enough to know what it's like to just kind of exist in the world. Um, but I'm also young enough that I was an early adopter of all the digital technologies that have revolutionized life. So, for instance, if a baby boomer at, you know, a job is like, how do I copy and paste things? And then I show them that you can just, you know, press like control C and then control V. That's like, that's like a superpower to them. No. Like, Holy shit. You are, <laughs> you are a technological wizard. Um, <laughs> but then it's, <laughs> But then at the same time, I, I know what it is to just, like, climb a fucking tree, uh, you know. And when I look at, you know, my students, who, who I love, I adore them, but they're growing up in a, in a strange era where from a very young age, they, you know, they, they have never known a world in which you did not have access to glowing rectangles giving you a never-ending stream of stimuli all the time. There's just, a, there's no, there's no... Um, context for what this tool is and how you should actually engage with it it's just like an endless like yeah this is the world this is and so it kind of manifests itself in this weird inability to 
you know, see the technology as a tool. Like for them, you know, just trying to teach them how to do research, like how to use Google is tough because they're so used to just like scrolling through their Instagram feed or Snapchat, which I don't know if you've seen Snapchat recently. No. Like it's bizarre. I mean, when it was first introduced, I understood, you know, more or less what the, the idea was behind it. Um, but now right. it seems like it's less about sending pictures and more about just like an endless stream of clickbait and advertisements and like weird. It's weird. I don't understand it. My understanding of what was it you just said? Snapchat. Snapchat is that it was like a place to send people sexy things and they couldn't keep it. I mean, that, that I think is what a lot of people did use it for. Uh, I initially just used it to put funny, you know, filters on my face and send dumb shit to my friends. Um, but, I, yeah, now now it's just like there's this whole, like, half of the interface is just devoted to a, it's like a news feed of, of images, but it's all clickbait. So it's all just stuff like that, like, you'll never believe what happened here. Kim Kardashian did what? look at this crazy snake. And so you, you click on it thinking like, maybe I'd like to read a new story about a snake. I don't know. But instead of the snake, it just shows you like paid like content. That's an advertisement that like some influencer recorded something. And it's just like them brushing their teeth, but it's actually an advertisement for like X body spray or, or, you know, mutual life insurance or something. And and you're just like it just before, even before you your brain has had a moment to process what the fuck you just consumed it just like spirits you away to some other video or some other I, I, I don't know it's a strange way to engage with media um, anyway this is a very long winded way of saying uh, I I have talked on the phone before you what I've talked on the phone before I'm familiar with the uh, <laughs> with how to speak to someone on the phone. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I used to like talk all the time with um, this guy, like the, the my high school sweetheart, basically. We would talk on the phone, watch TV together, even though we lived a block away from each other. Like he lived around the block from me and we would still talk on the phone and watch TV. And like sometimes to this day when we're both feeling nostalgic, uh, we'll call each other just to talk on the phone with a person. And I think of him when I'm talking on the phone usually. Wow. Are you thinking about him right now? Have you been thinking about him this whole time? I think about him every day, all day, every day. No. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> every every time I'm pulling out, you're just thinking about him. <laughs> <sighs> all right. See how it is. Fine. Maybe. Fine. I can accept that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's your own fault. Why do you pull out of everything? Why do I pull out of everything? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I want to defend myself by stating that I don't believe I pull out of everything. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that in, in a couple of specific instances, uh, due to a variety of factors, many of which are, are my own doing, I have pulled out, in fact, uh, with you. But that is only, that is, that is, a, that is a random fluke of happenstance. That is not uh, reflective of any, any greater trend in my behavior. Uh, I only sometimes pull out. See, my understanding of you is that you pull out 100% of the time because, like, anytime you've even been like, let's hang out, I live in Brooklyn now, we've not hung out, you'll be like, hey, let's that talk. Is true. And then we'd be talking and then you just not respond for a while. So you're just, you are just one big old pull out. You're not even here right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, and um, I didn't even want to do drugs, yeah. but now I'm like waiting on some weird fucking street in the upper Bron- uh, Manhattan that I don't even go to, you know, all because like you wanted to do drugs and I wanted to be fun. And now I'm stuck doing these drugs because you wanted to do them, but you didn't want to do them. You thought I wanted. It was like a whole like, it reminded me of the time my French friend and I got like manicures we didn't want, but like worse. Yeah, it's definitely worse than that. And then I, uh, David fucking you know, Bowie I, died. I think, I think in retrospect, it's kind of funny. It's sort of like a, a sitcom premise, you know? It's just these two people, each, not, you know, neither one knows that the other one doesn't want to do drugs either, but they got to pretend because they each think that the other one does drugs and they don't want to look not cool. So they just, you know, are playing chicken with, with drugs. Yeah, I think I um, saw that episode of Three's Company. <laughs> yeah, that one. The, three, the episode of Three's Company where they, they all are going to take Molly. Yeah. yeah. Where, where Larry's yeah. like, I got some Molly. And then Jack's like, oh, we got to impress my boss. It's a swanky restaurant, girls. And the whole time I'm going to do the Molly, I got to pretend that I'm gay. Yeah. But then Mr. Furley oh. accidentally takes the Molly and no one can tell Mr. Furley that it's Molly. Yeah. And then no one no one really notices the difference. Yeah. Yeah, and then Mrs. Yeah, yeah. Roper shows up for no fucking reason, no explanation, and just starts rubbing everything, and nobody yeah. notices the difference either. Do you? Uh, will, did Three's Company have any any spinoffs? Because this is something I was thinking about uh, really hard uh, last night. I really was thinking about this. Is that yeah, sitcoms used to have spinoffs like crazy. Like they used to do. I was watching the Golden Girls because I've just been um, spending most of my free time binge watching the Golden Girls lately. Cause it's the only thing that brings me joy. And uh, they, there's an episode in the second season. It's actually the second season finale where it's just like you know they they visit their neighbor and there's just this huge lavish set that we've never seen before. And there's uh, you know this family that we've never met before. Uh, the wife is played by uh, Rita Moreno. And it's just like the weirdest thing because she waltzes in and it's just like, oh, hey, Gladys. And you're expected to know who the fuck she is. And I'm sitting there watching it thinking, I I don't know who this woman is. Am I supposed to know who she is? And gradually, you know, the whole episode just becomes about her and her husband and and her daughter who's away at college and broke up with her boyfriend. And the husband is a doctor and he's super busy. And so now that she's got empty nest syndrome, she's like, oh, I hope you spend more time with me because I love you and I want the spark to remain in our marriage. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I haven't seen Dorothy or Blanche or Rose or Sophia for like fucking 15 minutes. This is a 22-minute episode. What is this? What is happening? Why did they choose to, to end the second season of The Golden Girls with this? Um, and, I, and I figured, oh, this must be a backdoor pilot. And I looked it up, and it was. It was a backdoor pilot for a, a spinoff of The Golden Girls, upon which the cast members of The Golden Girls each made one contractually obligated appearance, I bet, in the first season. But it was canceled after, like, two seasons. Um, but that's what it is. It's just a backdoor pilot. And there are so many of those where all of those shows are just kind of one gigantic universe. I think in a way they were they were almost um, uh, anticipating things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything, where everything's a spinoff of everything else, and it's just like one giant multimedia project. Um, I think that the sitcoms of the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s were just sort of uh, that, in a way. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, it was just like, I, I felt really gypped when I found out that, um, that like... 
I mean, it's all just a machine. It's all a marketing machine. And they're like, oh, people love the Golden Girls. Let's have Dorothy walk us over to this new family. Was it, it wasn't Empty Nest. It was something else because you said Empty Nest. There was a show called Empty Nest. Yeah, that was it. It was called Empty Nest. So the episode is called Empty Nest. And then I guess that was the premise of the show. And then what's fucking weird, too, is that the show Empty Nest, the husband was dead. It was about a widow, right? No, a widower. I think the husband, uh, the, the father was alive and the daughters. Was it? I think. I don't oh, know. Oh, wait. Well, well the, ed- the, the, the episode ends in a really fucking weird way where they like, the husband agrees to like take uh, off more time from work and spend more time with her. And, and they fuck. And, you know, I mean, it's implied. They don't show it on TV in 1987. But they, they, they fuck, I imagine. And um, they're, they're in bed, and they're like, well, good night. And they turn the lights off. And she says, like, uh, you know, Earl? And he's like, yes, honey. And promise me one thing. And he's like, yeah. And, and she goes, promise, promise me you'll never die. And that's how the episode ends. That's how the second season of The Golden Girls ends, with these two strangers. Uh, promising each other that they won't die. And I guess one of them did. That's fucking dumb. Weird. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, part of me wants to be like, nobody nobody would do that. That doesn't fucking happen. And then I'm like, you know what, though? You sometimes look at people's Facebook, like their last words on Instagram or Facebook, and it's like, damn. Those are your last words? Like, those are last words, you know? Yeah, yeah. Things like, don't die. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of a specific without, like, I don't want to think of a specific, but I can. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're, like, fucked up last words on, like, Facebook or whatever. Like, that guy that did Xanax. Whatever. I don't know about this guy. No, there's some, like, there's a bunch, but, like, there's, you know, they'll be doing some reckless shit. And they'll be like, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And then it's like they're dead, you know? Oh, uh, right. Or, like, hashtag YOLO. Yeah, and it's yep. like. True. Yeah, you did, and then you died doing what you loved, which is what this stupid thing that you were yo-yoing about. Right. Um, and that's life. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, you know, moderation is for pussies, and then they die of an overdose. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's life. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's like bringing it back uh, full circle to John Ritter, right? He was doing that sitcom. He had kind of a career resurgence. Where he was the the dad, he said, "Here are the rules for dating my teenage daughter mm-hmm. because the patriarchy is real and it's super oppressive." Right, uh, which was the full for- title, but they shortened it to just uh, "Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter." <laughs> simpler, cleaner, you know. They would have um, had more so- of a following now. <laughs> there would have been a market for it now. <laughs> they went with the original title, <laughs> right? <laughs> if it had that whole subtitle, of yeah, because the patriarchy is real and it's oppressive. Shit. <laughs> uh, but that was the whole premise of the show. It's like, I'm my dad. My teenage daughter wants to go on dates and wear thongs. Whoa. Um, and that was the whole premise of the show. And then he died unexpectedly. And instead of While just like, canceling the show and being like, fuck it, he's dead. They decided, okay, so the dad's dead now. Now the show is about being a teenage daughter of a dead dad. And they just had to roll with the punches. And, you know. Which is a and, weird And his choice. last words. His last words were, were YOLO. Yeah. YOLO I was Jack Tripper um, Yeah there were spinoffs By the way for that There was actually Three's Company It was uh, so, Wait well, No Three's, Three's a Crowd a Three's a Crowd oh, That's right Yeah. Um, and I think there may well, have there been a spin-off of... of what Yeah 
Oh no, I was just I was going to say that there was a spinoff of that called Four is entirely too many. Eight is enough. Eight is just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Eight. Um, Come on. But yeah, they um they did that, and 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 I remember Jan- someone white. Janet White. I don't know what her real name is, but the one that plays Jan- DeWitt, Joyce DeWitt, she was saying how oh, like upset her. she was that that like she was cut. They kept Jack and Jack got married. They kept the apartment and brought his wife into the apartment. That was how they dealt with it. Ah, uh, boo. Yeah. The whole premise just got blown up. Yeah, and it's like why not just have them get married? Why? Why couldn't he marry Janet? Yeah. I mean, because then I guess the the jig would be up, right? It would be obvious that he wasn't gay. I mean, at that point, does it matter? Also, it's a two-bedroom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they're married. They can have Uh, a two-bedroom. I suppose. Um, Yeah, man. Remember uh, Family Matters? When, like, half of the family just disappeared in between... What do you mean disappeared? Like, the little boy? they fucking disappeared. They, yeah, it was like the little boy, the the, the teenage girl, the, the aunt. There was like a whole bunch of family members because the premise of that show was that was a spinoff of... Um, Perfect Strangers, right? Perfect Strangers, yes. It was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers where Harriet Winslow, uh, the mother, was a, like a, a side character who had a backdoor pilot on um, Perfect Strangers. And so the whole premise of that show is just like, what if there was a working class African-American family and they're just trying to get through life, right? That was the premise of that show. Um, and then someone in, you know, the first season or whatever was like, what if the teenage daughter in this episode, her whole deal is she has an annoying next door neighbor who's a nerd and he has a crush on her. That would be funny. Um, and then Steve Urkel became a fucking sensation. Like, Steve Urkel was like the most famous person on earth for like a, a couple of years there in the early nineties. I don't know if you recall this, but Steve Urkel was like, there was Steve Urkel was like Garfield. There were Steve Urkel dolls and Steve Urkel calendars and mugs and the fucking dance probably and a song. Like, so they just ended up making it a way more about Steve Urkel um, as time went on. And as they did, as they focused more and more on Urkel, they were like, oh, man, there's all these family members who just, oh, I guess they don't matter. Um, family doesn't matter, so they just disappeared. They just completely disappeared. There's no explanation given. They just don't exist. In one episode, they're there. In the next episode, they're not. Nobody ever mentions it. And uh, one of them ended up uh, having a real hard time of things, I think, and doing a lot of porn and drugs and stuff. Um, yeah, so the younger that's, sister. That's Hollywood. It's a bad business. Urkel, much like um, Fonz, was just supposed to be like uh, an in-and-out kind of character, but it kind of took over the show. Yeah. Yeah, the Fonzie is another example where it just ends up becoming about him and his crazy adventures. And... So, uh, when are you going to, you know, flake on a third date with me? It's uh, a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean... So, I mean, you can literally make a plan and just... It doesn't matter. Like, just make a plan right now. You, I know you won't be there. Okay. What are you doing later today when you're not doing radio stuff? Well, uh, at 7 p.m., I'll be doing a Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. I have a show right here on Radio Free Brooklyn at 7 p.m. called Art Star Scene Radio with Face Boy, Juno Tempest, and myself, Face Girl. 
But that's from seven to eight. Okay. What about before that? Nothing. Hanging out with you. Yeah, let's do that. Let me just, like, get off the phone with you after this, and I'll just, like, keep heading in the direction I was heading in. And I won't pull out this time. uh, And we can, you know, like, grab a drink or something. (laughs) Sure, this will totally happen. It's not going to happen, people. He's going to pull out. Totally gonna happen. We're gonna do some Molly, and it's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> Amazing! All right, now I'm back in. Uh, you were listening All to right. Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Donations are completely tax deductible because we are a 501c3 charitable organization. So donations can be made to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org/slash/donate, and you can write that off. So please be sure to do so. Also, you can sponsor this show specifically by clicking sponsor the show. And if you don't, we will cease to exist. So please do so. We also have an after school program. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to announce that we'll be launching an after school program for local teens, which has happened, guys. And if you want to find out more about that, get involved in the next round, please check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash after school. We've actually expanded to a whole new location uh, and we're calling it the rec room. Uh, Again, I'm going to mention, as I mentioned before, we have apps on Android and iPhone, and there is a newsletter, so check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Thanks. I did it. I did the read on airs. That was good. Thank you. (laughs) So, we have a a few minutes left. We should get into some deep conversation now. Ooh, okay. Deeper than uh, what we've been talking about? Yeah. I mean, like, is there anything you'd like to know? Is there anything I would like to know? Um, uh, uh, now I'm being put on the spot. I don't know. There's probably a million things that I'd like to know. Oh, actually, um, Funky Nitro, my friend, would like to know if when you say talking out, if we're actually talking about sex, we're pulling out, we're talking about sex. No, we're not really talking about sex. We're talking about how he constantly pulls out of things. But anyway, what would you right. like to know? But it's, a, it's, a, it's also a double entendre. It is a double entendre. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, <laughs> uh, what would I like to know about uh, you or life, the universe, and everything about the program I'm currently on? About uh, what program are you currently what? on? What program am I currently on? Oh, okay. You mean this program? I thought you meant like yes, government this- program, and I'm like, what program? Or like a no. drug recovery program or a diet program? <laughs> Yeah, this the, the Molly recovery program. That's yeah. why I freaked out and pulled out of the doing Molly because I was like, man, I've been doing Molly for a long time, and it's just I feel bad about it. And now I'm trying to get clean and sober, and you're a terrible influence on me, um, which is why I just keep pulling out. Now I don't know about <laughs> what. What should we? Should I? I have nothing to plug. I have no. Um, you know, check me out uh, at, at in my classroom. Uh, teaching kids, it's great. <laughs> everybody, everybody, check that out. Um, everybody, come check me out teaching kids. Yeah, it's. I mean, don't don't actually. Yeah, just don't show up where I work and and when stare at me, stare and stare at children, and it's you. It'll be creepy, and they'll have to kick you out, and then they'll have weird questions for me, um, like who the fuck are these people, and what are they doing in here. Uh, and it would be a very convoluted, strange answer, and they'd probably just fire me. Um, yeah. So don't, no one do that. Um, so that was just another uh, one of your empty promises, essentially. Yeah, exactly. If there are any listeners out there who got their hopes up and thought, great, I get to see 
children being taught. I'm going to take this guy up on his offer. And then we're instantly deflated when I revealed that that was bullshit. Yeah. I am sorry. I deeply apologize. Yeah. Um, there might be people listening to this whose children I teach. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not but, as well. Would you like to say your name or would you like to avoid that? Because nobody like knows. As, uh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, could no, be anybody. I'm, I'm, I could be any, literally anybody. Yeah. Just so some guy I went on a Tinder date on in front of people with. Yeah, nobody knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> um, it is kind of weird. I, I've, I've kind of scoured myself from the internet. The first thing I did when I when I took this job was just, you know, prevent anyone from finding anything about me. So, because the children will look for you on the internet. They will try to friend you on Instagram and, you know, figure out your Xbox Live gamer tag. And so I, uh, I, if you Google me, um, all that shows up is a um, one of those kind of sites that just automatically aggregates information that's publicly available on the internet about someone and then like scams you by asking you for your credit card information so that you can get a full uh, report on them which is creepy but so anyway they found that and it's just like haha you're 32 years old and I'm like yes I am and they're like ah oh, you used to live in Connecticut and I'm like yeah congratulations um, and then they go oh it says you're, you have a 0% chance of being married and I'm like yeah that's that's me. So that's become a running joke with my students as they refer to me as 0% married. Wait, um, what does that mean, 0% married? Well, I think that it, I think that the sort of website just looks at, you know, the information that's available about you on the Internet and then kind of crunches the numbers and figures out, like, what the probability is that you have a spouse, right, depending on what your social media presence is like and how you, you know, whatever publicly available, like, I don't know, tax filing information or something, census data. Um, it looks at that and then comes up with, like, a probability, I suppose. And so mine is zero, zero percent. Definitely not. There's no way in hell this guy is is married. Uh, so they know that's about me. But I've, I've managed to successfully make myself pretty much a ghost. That's kind of like amazing. It. So that's what I can get with a background check on myself to find out what percentage chance I am married. Yeah, if you Google yourself, I'm sure you'll find that. I'm sure you can find that website, and it'll tell you what the probability is. Oh, my God. I kind of want to do it. It's almost worth it. I've kind of wanted to know what comes up in my background check anyway. You know? Like, why am I not getting these jobs? Yeah, did Molly. That just shows up. How was the Molly, by the way? Not good. I don't remember it being good. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just glad, glad I'm still now. alive. Yeah, I'm glad you're still alive, too. That could have very much ended with you uh, being murdered, overdosing on something that wasn't Molly. And- oh, I just I meant, like, really bad, right? fentanyl or something. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I can. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. 